Welcome to What Would It Cost? Today I'm really, really fired up because I'm sitting down in front of Andrew Perry here from the Revs Realty team and uh, really, really, really pumped up for this because this gentleman's got so much going on underneath his portfolio and so many moving parts and he stays really, really active. He's an awesome leader. He's got a big team and I won't spoil it for you, but we'll uh, we'll move right into it and uh, this one's going to be a good one. Let's go. <laughs> The rates with the mafia are probably better with the, with the Canadian government, right? Yeah, no doubt, eh? It's much in this. Uh, them bumping it to 58% as of most recently. <laughs> Crazy. The mass exodus to the States has started. Yeah. Like, you thought COVID was bad? This whole climbing out of whatever hole we got ourselves in, that's going to be even bigger. Some of my high net worth people are just like, there is no chance i'm staying here yeah Let, let's let's take advantage of the next boom which i think is happening you know in the next few weeks if not months and uh you know let me take advantage of that and then three five years get the hell out of here because we're if we were on this trajectory where are we going to end up in my opinion it's like hey i'm not going anywhere i love Canada, but you know what i mean it's like you gotta you gotta diversify so that's what i was saying on my comment uh, on your post there once Costa Rica closes and, you know, we've all moved in. Um, then I can, you know, have that LLC there, make its money, keep it in the country, then focus something on Florida. Everybody's talking about Florida. Yeah, yeah. And talk to me a little bit more about Costa Rica. That's awesome. One of the blue zones in the world, big conscious community. There. Yeah, you'd be surprised, like, how similar the Costa Rican government and the Canadian government and how like the inner workings of it all works. Uh, like the LLC is the exact same to set up. The, you need the exact same requirements as uh, like a numbered company here in Canada. So it's, it's been interesting to walk through that whole process. You can actually, once you get your LLC started and you purchase that property, you become a temporary resident. So then after two years, you can apply to be a permanent resident, which is super, super cool because we plan on, you know, being there for three to six months out of the year you know, six months. I don't know if I could commit to that right now, but holy smokes! And then we could take advantage of of the of the the medical system and all that kind of stuff, right? So, so our project there is in a place called Riverland, just outside of Tamarindo. It's about two to five minutes car uh, car drive away, and it's sixty detached homes. There's a pool. There's a um, a kids pool. There's a restaurant. There's a gym. A hot yoga co working space. Uh, 24-7 gated community, as well as uh, a pool in your own house. Like, it's like all glass. You can open the glass up, and it's just a pool and an outdoor kitchen. It's, it's amazing. It's the dream. As long as the, the, as long as the build comes out the same as the rendering, then we're good. You know? So I've actually, I'm, I'm, I'm helping the, not helping the builder, but helping the sales team, you know, get some more traction. Made a couple of sales for it. And it's like, you know, I, I know these people. So it's like, and one person even bumped, I'm in phase two. And one of my, one of the people from town where I live in Niagara-on-the-Lake uh, was like asking me all about it. She just called me last night. She's uh, super stoked. They purchased. And I'm like, what phase? Like three? She's like, no, phase one. I'm like, what? I'm like, so you're going to be moving in before I am? So I hope it all works out because then, you know, she'll be able to give me the run. Nice. Yeah, man. So Tamarindo's kind of like, Niagara on the Lake, small kind of town, one street that has like all your shops, restaurants. It's nice. Very cool. And this is like a, a gated community that's going to have 
someone that is there like yeah. curating the the experience programming things tell me a little bit more. yeah exactly so the owner i don't know even how much i'm allowed to disclose based on his personal life but he uh the owner sold like a tech company and so he's super super smart in terms of software and all that stuff so he's developing his own app similar to airbnb but for the caribbean properties only so he's going to have one or three, uh, sorry, three different projects and you could, you know, buy in one or them all and they're all kind of different levels. One is like their luxury, one is like more of a resort and the one is what I've got. So if you rent out your home and they want to, you know, go to the resort and rent a surfboard, rent a golf cart, you can actually, you know, benefit from those types of purchases, you know, as in forms of kickback or, you know, commission, whatever you want to call it, yeah. Very cool. So Airbnb for just everything yeah. that you need for your vacation and, and for your one, two weeks away. Exactly. Apparently, you know, based on the comparables, like if anybody's interested, they'll walk you through a whole demo and how much you can make. And it's about seven to 12K a month, you know, on a 4,400 grand purchase. Wow. Have you got a why? Solid. So talk, yeah. How about, like, I want to. I want to hear. I want to hear a bit about the story. How is? How does Andrew Perry grow into this this awesome, high performing <laughs> entrepreneur that he is today? Yeah, very diverse. Has you know just so many great leadership qualities. Tell me a bit about the the story. I'm I'm personally okay. Good. I'm glad you're interested because my team, you know, watches these podcasts that I do, and then. You know, it's interesting because I can just see them rolling their eyes, especially when you said leadership skills. They're probably like, oh, no, in, I think <laughs> the best, the single best thing I ever did in my life and in my business was hire the right people. And, you know, it, it's, have you ever read the book, um, Who Not How? No. You should. You should. It's great. It's about, you know, not how can I get to the next level. It's who can help me get there. And so what I realized, you know, in my first year, I was kind of doing everything. I'm like, okay, I'm going to create my own Facebook ads. I'm going to do my own videos. I literally bought a Panasonic G7, did research, spent all the time on YouTube watching reviews and how to edit. And I taught myself a lot, but four months went by and I didn't do a single fucking deal. So I was like, what, what, what was that trade-off? It, it, was, it was nothing. And, you know, now I have hired a good production team. I've hired people to help run my Facebook ads, you know, and, and one thing that I really learned quickly is that I don't like the paperwork side of it either. So I hired my admin. So to answer your question, like how did I get from point A to point B? And the fastest way that I can break it down for you is just putting people in the right positions. You know, there's a lot of um, uh, criticisms for people who, you know, jump into teams too quickly. And I could understand that because that's happened to me. I started my team and it folded within three months. So I understand why coaches say that. They say you should do 20, 30, 40 deals. I think that you should be starting a team when you feel the time is right. And I think the pers the first person you should do, if you're not doing over 20 deals, you should get that license assistance. So somebody can take a little bit of your workload off your plate and do the transactions for you. Whereas if you're at the 30, 40, 50 plus, like just hire an admin right away. Because those that person can focus on your system so that you can grow. So if you don't have systems, you can't grow. Right, right. Yeah, and then there's that ceiling there that just doesn't, even if you try to grow a little bit past it, you start to lose on the quality of the service. Or, you know, you're putting too many hours on the clock, you're becoming unbalanced, you get frustrated. There's that more within the team. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. And there, there's, there's ceilings, you know, as a solo agent, as a small team, 
as a hundred deal a year team, as a hundred and fifty million uh, sales volume team. It's just those ceilings are only uh, you know you're, you're only able to break those with the right people. So that's why eventually my admin went to a director of operations. My you know sales, my top performing sales agent went to a sales manager, went to a VP of sales, and now they basically run the team. And they have way more, uh, let's, say, let's, let's just say, they've got all the leadership skills that I don't have. Right. And that's why I put them in there, which I think makes me a good leader. So there you go. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. Sales, networking, rubbing shoulders, shaking hands, doing a lot of that I see is something that yeah. you kind of, you really enjoy to do. I see it coming out of the camera. I see it <laughs> naturally, right? So with that being said, I was listening to a podcast that you were on and, and you were talking about when you were penetrating a market that you had no one there and, and, yeah. and you didn't have a network and it wasn't your own backyard. And I found it cool and I'll let you tell them in sure. regards to what your strategy was on how to pull people into that. So um, you're absolutely right. I, I grew up in a small town called Churchill, Ontario, which is Barrie, Ontario, for those who were looking for the biggest city closest. And I moved to Niagara Falls uh, to work, open up an LA Fitness that I was the GM of. And, you know, that's how I met uh, Gabe. And that's how, you know, my whole life started was from that one moment. And, um, you know, I, I just, I I had an opportunity to go back to where my database was. But, you know, as we talked before, we started rolling, you know, Gabe's family owns a winery. So it's like, you know, I want to go back to farm country and, you know, who the hell knows where it is and uh, or stay where the wine is and, and, you know, build my business there. And so that's kind of where we chose. And so what I realized quickly in my first three months was that I didn't have a database. I had nobody to reach out to. And aside from standing on a corner, and if, hey, if I was about to lose my house, that's something I would have done, but I had to get creative and, and find a more streamlined approach. So basically what I did was that whole, you know, spiel that I just told you about my first three months when I was behind the computer a lot, I taught myself how to graphic design and not well, <laughs> yeah. not well. But, you know, realtors are, you know, some of the, I, I want to say this correctly. I don't want to say the word lazy, but they want, you know, answers fast. Let's call it efficient, right? So, you know, as opposed to majority of the realtors trying to, you know, find out for themselves how to do things, they do what I do. I just leverage it out and try to find somebody who can help them do it. So I taught myself graphic design. And I, I, I posted in a, in a really big Facebook group for realtors. I said, hey, if anybody wants this, you know, new cover art for your Facebook, I'll send me your headshot, send me your logo. I'll cut you out of the background and I'll put you, you know, in, in, a, in a scene that, you know, represents your town or what you sell. So I didn't know that everybody was going to fucking love that idea. And I had like 500 emails. So, so it took me three days straight of doing this and you know still I see some of these Facebook uh, accounts still with my design as their Facebook cover uh, photo but so that's how my business started I got 500 names and emails from people that were all over Ontario in the states and you know even as far as I tell the stories I got the furthest referral I've had is from Australia so I started there by delivering that type of value that you know other realtors didn't necessarily have or maybe they didn't have a need to figure out so I did that for them built my database that way, and I made sure to sign off on every single email. Hey, I'm from Niagara. I'm from wine country. If you need anything, you let me know. And that just kind of sparked this, you know, every, this brand idea in my mind where I had to choose something that, 
okay, so whenever somebody thinks of a certain word, how can they think of me? So I leveraged the fact that, you know, Gabe, Gabe's family has a winery. So I, every opportunity, I was taking photos there, taking photos of me drinking, you know, tasting the wine, you know, sitting on top of the barrels, taking the tractor around. And then it just grew to a point where I was getting farm listings. I was getting, you know, people moving out of town, out of Toronto, into my town. And it was just one of those things where it literally, as soon as somebody put Niagara in a Facebook group, they would just see my name. So I knew that there was something there and I had to, you know, grow that part of my business. So I started marketing outside of my market to other, you know, realtors that otherwise didn't want to drive. I said, hey, you want to drive two hours to Niagara-on-the-Lake? Come on. Just pass me your clients. I'll take care of them. And now my business is over 90% agent agent referrals. We did 51 last year. Wow. Pray on. Let me. <laughs> so it's nice. like, check that out, eh? Now you, you have to kind of level. is like paying thousands of dollars a month in lead gen costs, then spending, you know, thousands of hours a year calling all these people, yeah. or, you know, taking your time out of your day to help other agents help mortgage brokers, help anybody in the industry answer random questions. You know, you sit in the car with me for an hour, my phone will go off three to five times. I'll have a ding, text, Facebook, Instagram, DM, and it's all, you know, Andrew, who do you know? How do you know? What is this? What is that? What's the best program to use? And I'm happy to do it. It takes up a lot of time, but the fruits of that karma, value, whatever you want to call it, is uh, it runs pretty deep. That's awesome. Very, very cool. Yeah, thanks, dude. How how is it being married married to an Italian and Calabres? Let's talk about that. I don't know if you've been asked that question on a podcast. I'm trying to throw a curveball at you here. <laughs> so, all right. So, and Gabe, she'll tell me. She tells me this every day. So, if you are a munch cake or a white person, in I'm I'm like okay. I'm not. I got to be careful because I'm like, have you looked in the mirrors? Like you're white too. And she almost walked out and just dis- disowned me. Anyways, so uh, so it's two completely different cultures. And I grew up in like the whitest family. Like my mom worked three jobs. She was a single mom until she met my stepdad. And like every day it was like white Wonder Bread with like cubes of cheese and ketchup and bologna. And you guys have mortadella. It's the same as bologna. Come on. Anyways, so, you know, it's, it's it was those traditional values of uh you know a stay-at-home mom as a as a family leader um you know again god bless my mom and she tried her best and and i love her to death it was just it's just different i was a single kid until and what family what italian family had one child right so that and you know they the every sunday we get together and there's 10 12 20 of us every single sunday so you know there's a lot of struggles with the way we communicate sometimes because I think she's yelling and pissed off and she's like, I'm just having a conversation. <laughs> I'm like, you can't do this to me. Like my blood, my skin, I'm just like, ah, what do I throw? I'm like, how do I, you know? She's like, you okay? And you know, like growing up, I had a lot of self-conscious issues. Like I always had to be, you know, the front man of the band, you know, our band went far. I always had to be the guy in the spotlight. And it was more of a, a fuck you to the people that didn't think I'd make it right. and didn't think I'd do well in life. And there's a lot of people. And, you know, that caused like a lot of anxiety in my life. 
and it's more of you know, oh fuck, oh fuck, I'm starting to get overwhelmed. And and like so Gable just looked at me, she's like, "What is wrong with you?" I'm like, "I don't know, anxiety, depression." She's like, even like her mom comes, depression. This guy over here is depressed. <laughs> like they don't get it, and it's you know because it's just they have family, they have support, and you know they have good healthy diets. Let's just leave it at that. Where it's like you know, and now that I'm in, ingrained in that culture, you know, I'm living a better lifestyle. I'm looking at things differently, and you know, uh, other than the the communication barrier, sometimes it's yeah. been pretty good. And G- Gabe Gabriella. Yeah, we call it Gabe Gabriella. Shout out, shout out, Gabe! You're, you're this rock star's backbone. Yeah, oh, one hundred percent. Respect you know. to all the wops out there. <laughs> you know, she stays home and watches our three boys. And you know, if I ever have a problem or I forget my lunch, it's it's in my office within you know half an hour. Right now, there you go. Except I gotta remember to bring the Ziploc bags home. Or the tough boy. Yo, the Tupperware for sure. That makes sense. But now I'm seeing her washing Ziploc bags. <laughs> right on. Okay, funniest story in yeah. real estate. Funniest oh story God. in real estate. Lately, I we I just decided to do like a crazy real estate story. Okay. Like on our YouTube. So it comes out in a couple of weeks. And then I just had to audition for a real estate show. Uh, other realtors, if you're listening to it, don't bother. I've already got the part. <laughs> but you know it was like what was like this crazy this is a bench don't fuck around <laughs> so um, like they asked they wanted me to tell a real estate story yeah okay here's a story that I've never told on a podcast there we go and it's it's fucking we got some good stuff coming. and I and it's crazy and I'm only saying this because I'm hoping that you know there's more Italian people watching this yes. and can have my back if something happens so I, I'm going to leave the names and locations out of this. <laughs> oh, my God. This is so fucking embarrassing. So, all right. So, I get a call. It's from this big wig from, in Toronto. Okay, let me just set the stage. Young Andrew Perry, he's a hustler. He just started the team. Things are taking off. You know, uh, his expenses are coming in. He needs to make these big deals happen. He needs to step up as a leader and drive to Toronto and meet these big wigs. So, this guy had a famous diner, deli, a deli, let's just say that. And he's like, you know what? I'm selling it. I want to move to the country. I need your help selling our building in our in our restaurant. And I'm going to come and buy a house. My GM, he's going to come. He wants to buy a house as well. Get to sell something in Toronto. And, you know, based on their needs, these were like 2 to $3 million bungalows that they're looking to buy in Niagara. Nice. He's like, I, you know, I want you to, you, you know, come up to my favorite restaurant in any city, let's just say that. And, you know, I'm knocking on the door of the restaurant. I'm like, where the hell are these people? They come around the corner. They're like, no, it's in the back. So I come in and this is like, you know, the red and white checkered tablecloth, everything. There's a 300 pound guy with his arms crossed in the back corner. That wasn't the red flag. It wasn't a big enough red flag for me to say, okay, Get the hell out of here, <laughs> right? So I walk in, and I'm bringing my brand-new director of operations. She maybe have been here for a week. She's Italian, Andrea Lombardo, and she's like, no, something's not right. And I'm like, what do you mean? We're this just, you know, a few old guys sitting around the table. So I walk in. There's four older gentlemen, and they're playing poker. And uh, 
I'm like, hey guys, how are you, Andrew? Good to meet you. Andrew, sit down, get this guy a coffee. So, so anyways, we're sitting chatting. The one guy gets up from playing poker and he walks to the washroom. And I'm like, okay. And I'm just waiting around. And he's like, hey, why don't you play for him? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm okay. I'm fine. He's like, listen, anything you lose, this guy's a millionaire. He can handle it. Don't worry. So I'm like, no, man, I'm, I really don't feel comfortable with this. Like, I'm just here to chat, you know, get to know you guys a little bit better. Sign a fucking listing and get the hell out of here. And he's like, no, I insist. <laughs> so I come down. I sit down. I'm playing. I start winning. I start winning this guy 1000 2000 I win this guy five grand. He comes back from the from the washroom. He sits down. He's like, "Wow, Andrew, you you're my golden horseshoe. Here, here's you know three grand. Buy yourself in with it." So I'm like, "God, I just <laughs> just got off this winning streak." So I'm like, "All right, whatever, fine." Again, all this entire time I'm th I'm using Your director of operations. She's still like, there. <laughs> she's like, "What is going on?" So, anyways, I um I start um you know, playing with his, this guy's money and I'm winning, I'm winning. The pot's getting bigger. Every fourth round, they, they double up the pots. I'm like, and it comes down to the last hand. It's me and another guy, neck and neck. I've got a flush. And I'm like, I'm folding. I'm like, I don't care. This is, this is a great hand. And uh, then it's like, let me take a look. One of the guys says, I'm like, that's all right. He's like, great hand. I like it's this is manipulation, like the whole thing. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. You know, if I lose, whatever, it's all good. I'll make it up on the listing. I'll charge him a full five percent. I'll make that money. <laughs> I like because you got to understand if I'm selling this business, selling the t uh, buying these two houses, this is like over one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars in commission or more. Yeah. Sure. So I'm like, whatever. How big's the pie? What do you got to shove? So <laughs> it was at least 10000 Okay. So it's nothing too, too crazy, but so. fucking two years ago, it was a lot of money. For yeah. So I'm like, fuck it. Boom. Put the cards down. Everybody's like, whoa, this guy. Yeah. And the other guy just straight out of a fucking movie puts his down and beats me by like two points. Like one card, right? And I'm like, well, that sucks, guys. Uh, can we sign the listing paperwork now? <laughs> And he's like, well, you know what, Andrew? Prays down on a sticky, pushes it to me. He's like, that's what you owe us. I'm like, what do you mean, owe you? He's like, yeah, that's what, that's what you owe us. I'm like, what do you mean? This is not my money. This is his money. He's like, no, this is what you owe us. And the guy at the back stands up. This guy's like, I'm like, I don't, what the fuck? I don't have anything. What are you talking about? He's like, all right, there's an RBC around the corner. I'll follow you. Get in the car. They fucking all follow me. And, um... And I, I, I gave them money. They gave them the money. And I said, buddy, can you at least write me like an invoice or something? <laughs> <laughs> Which I did. Oh, they didn't do, of course. But I was like, what the fuck? It took me like three days to realize what the fuck happened. It was a scam. Started in BC. And after I kept this, not quiet, I called up a couple of people on drive home. I'm like, what the fuck? just happened i'm laughing about it oh because you didn't end up getting the listing signed 
No, I just wanted you to shoot poker and go to the bank. It was a fucking scam, dude. (laughs) It was a scam. So no way. Yeah, it was a scam. So amazing. So um, (laughs) so uh, the reason I knew it was a scam is immediately after because I'm like, shit, I didn't get the listing and I just lost all this money. But it was mainly because two other realtors. It happened to like a couple of weeks. Somebody, a good friend of mine, posted in Real Estate Hacks in the group that I'm a moderator in. And she, and I DM'd her. I'm like, uh, I did that too. <laughs> like, how much did you lose? And that guy got took for like 12k. Um, you know, uh, one of my good buddies, uh, Stephen Sayers, and he also got invited to this game. He's like, he something fishing, and we ended up talking about. It. I'm like, don't fucking go. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's probably the worst story financially. <laughs> <laughs> that ever, you know, happened to me in real estate, but I, I've got a few others. You know, I've had one of my listings, I had, you know, I was struggling to sell this thing and, you know, it was a beautiful listing and, and this guy basically comes in, gives us almost full price and, you know, books the septic inspection, books the cistern inspection, books everything. But we realized that the 100K deposit, this is a $2 million house, 100K deposit went into our bank account, right back out. What the hell's going on? Right back in again, right back out. We asked him a third time, like, buddy, bring me the check to my office. Do not deliver it. None of this shenanigans. Yeah. So I, I don't know why I'm getting Italian on you. It's just I'm amped up. I'm not putting <laughs> yeah. story. So he brings me this check. It's from 2013, and this is like two years ago. And he's like, you could see he's like markered the, na- the numbers. I'm like, buddy, what are you doing? This is fraud. Like you've markered the numbers in for the date, and he's, I, these guys weren't trying to wash money; they were just nuts. Spent all this money on a home inspection for a house they couldn't afford. Wow, they didn't even have the. I don't know. Maybe they washed that hundred k deposit, but it's all digital, so I don't. I don't know. So uh, there's there's more, but wild. Why is another podcast? So what what's what's next for Perry? Talk to us a little bit about what the future looks like, what you're looking to do, what the yeah. end goal is, and and uh, maybe a little game plan of attack on how you're gonna get. Yeah, so I I think for me here is is I as I think big, and I'm always thinking about the next move. Same thing with you guys, right? You know, it's um I didn't get into real estate to personally sell fifty, a hundred, two hundred houses. I didn't get into real estate to get that top producer award to service. You know, um. Yeah, like you, you always, what makes a good realtor? Oh, you know, great customer service and this and that, which is all great, but that's not me. Like I'm running a business here and I need growth. You know, we aren't transactional. We're very relationship-based, but what's next is how do we foster that culture in other markets? So I don't want to grow my team too big because we've got a great core of people in this market, but I do want to have a massive team spread across international borders, you know, everything. And, you know, so I actually run an office in Niagara-on-the-Lake. I run an office in Muskoka. And, you know, looking at my third office this year, I've, you know, picking that market is going to be, you know, um, um, something that we're focusing on by the second quarter. Um, but we're now expanding into cottage country. We've got a great reach there. You know, we're working on a pilot. Uh, podcast is starting to take off. You know, so it's just what's next. And, you know, I'm getting uh, more speaking gigs I've in this first quarter than I've done almost in my entire career. So it's, it's good to be able to fly out, you know, build that culture, build those relationships in other markets. And, you know, eventually just uh, I, I, I want to have more 
franchise offices, then Revel has corporate offices, which currently they have 23. So I love Revel. I, you know, I love the family, you know, a couple of Italians, you know, right from Florida, Ontario, and they're just amazing people to work with. And, uh, you know, I just want to have uh, my mark on the company like they've taught me. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. And and, and uh, shout out Nikki and Ryan. Yeah. What you guys got going on right there, like right, right now in regards to what that umbrella portfolio looks like and all the awesome people that that are involved with it you could feel that 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 vibration that comes you know at yeah the buzz conferences or on the socials or when you know we're, we're doing this with someone that's a part of the team you could feel that family vibe. yeah so no thanks I, and I'm, they, they, they would really appreciate you hearing uh or hearing you say that because you know culture and family is so important to them yeah and it's like they give us the freedom they're very very smart like yeah. everything you see is from one way or another connected from their brainchild, right? Yeah. But they give the ground people, the directors of franchising, director of recruitment like me and other directors, you know, the freedom to kind of like, they trust you. Yeah. If you're in this culture, like we could have 10,000 agents already if we really wanted to, but it's about attracting our tribe. So I sit down with all the new agents, you know, majority of, you know, the new offices, the head coaches. And if, if at the end of what I have to say, they're not feeling it, that's it. Because we we really want people that can false foster that same mindset. Uh, so because we we've had it, we we jumped into things quickly with maybe not the right people, and we've learned from it. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And one bad apple will will, will ruin the bunch, right? It's so real. going hand picking and yeah. selecting who's on that, that roster is. Sometimes you never know until a year goes by, yeah. and and some true colors kind of right right present yeah. themselves. Hey, you know what? Naturally, that's going to happen when you guys are scaling at the rate that you're scaling, right? Yeah. You know, it's just, it's it's doomed to happen, but then when it does, you address it and uh, you move on. Yeah. So, yeah, that's awesome. I just got to address shit like that every day, so. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. And yeah, but... uh, any, in your retirement, any plans in getting involved in the winery? Oh, I seen man. you on the tractor there having a cold one, right? <laughs> Going for a rip or no? I, w I would love that. I would love that. You know, it's a special place in my kids' hearts. You know, Gabe's heart, obviously. And uh, I, you know, they're, they're getting older too. So who knows what they want to do with it. But uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind it. And uh, I think in terms of retirement, you know, it's, it's more about just leveraging off pieces of the business and getting the right people in those right positions, as I mentioned before. And so that I can focus on, you know, the the growth aspects and and continue traveling and meeting new people doing podcasts like this too right yeah yeah very cool thank you very much for tuning in today for another episode of what would it cost we uh, had the pleasure of sitting down with this absolute rock star Mr Andrew Perry from the Revel Realty team and uh, yeah it was it was awesome we had lots of fun yeah. and uh, Drew tell them a little bit more about uh, where they can find you well you know what the best place um, to reach me at all times no matter what fastest response is to DM me at the Andrew Perry. And if you're looking to, you know, get started on uh, smashing your real estate goals, you can always reach out to NOTL at rebelrealty.ca. We're always looking for good people. Awesome. And don't forget to subscribe, like. That's how we keep this gravy train moving. So we'll see you next week. <laughs>